Ladies and gents, so I've got Kirk Miller, my buddy Kirk Miller on the line today. And hey, last time I saw you, Kirk, I'm not sure if you remember this, but prior to this call, uh, I saw you in Vegas. It was 2016. We were, I think we were both out there for like a fitness expo, you know, with our fake spray tan on and shit. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was um that 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 was the the more wild days of Kirk Miller. Hundred <laughs> percent. Exactly the same. Was that in a pool pool party or in the... the, It was in one of the clubs it was, actually. I can't remember what the club was now, but it was in one of the clubs at nighttime, you know what I mean? And we were both like looking looking tangoed. I would have been in a whole world of bother if I was in Las Vegas in a nightclub. So yeah, hundred percent. So was I for sure, man. That's just when I came out of my thing as well, man. That was that was the the kind of like uh, the devil days of Martin Silver as well. That was the heyday kind of thing, you know what I mean? But um, yeah, how are you doing, man? Anyway, how's life in Dubai? Very, very good, mate. Very good. As I said, I've been in been in Dubai now for the past well, just over a year now, and 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 yeah, I, I absolutely love it. I mean, I'm not here twelve months of the year, and probably like yourself, do a fair bit of traveling, but um. Yeah, it was a fantastic decision. It just makes sense right now. Um, I, I came here by, say, by accident, really. Obviously, you do everything's a choice, but I joined the, the, the pandemic. Um, uh, how I came to move here, I came here for a, for a week, in abbreviated terms, um, on a holiday. And then because, obviously, the UK were in lockdown, I ended up staying for like three, four months. It was the first test, of course, of can I actually run an online business from a different country, having never lived in another country? And, yeah, that, that was a, a resounding yes, but it was... It changed my whole perception of Dubai. You know, what, what I love about this place is, you know, it's on the front foot with growth-minded individuals, business, the gyms are fantastic, the speed, the service. So I suppose it all comes down to your values, as we'll talk about, even in relation to, you know, physical transformations and why values are so important in terms of making certain decisions in your life at certain moments of your life, Mark. So, yeah, mm. it's, yeah it's, 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 yeah, I love it here. You awesome. Know? Awesome, man. Awesome. Yeah. So just tell us a little bit more about yourself, man, because we just touched on, obviously, you know, our dark days, right? When we bumped into each other <laughs> in a club in, in Las Vegas. But if you could just like yeah. rewind a bit as well. I know you used to play, uh, so- I'm going to say soccer because 50% of my audience were in, in the USA used to play soccer at a high yeah. level. So just talk us through your background, man, and tell us a bit more about yourself. Yeah. As I said, look, right now I'm, I'm, I'm 39, touching 40 now. It hurts me to say that, you know. Um, but yeah, the, I originate from a Coventry council estate. So that's like for, for those of you US guys, that's like the center of center of England. The projects, um, man. Yeah. Same. I grew up on a, on a housing estate as well, man. It's the, the thing yeah, they call yeah. the projects, right? <laughs> yeah. But very, very, very proud, very proud background, Martin. Though. You know, they, yeah, my, my, my family very much working class, you know, they, they had to move, move into like a small flat at 16, bless them, you know, to, cause they didn't have a, you know, fantastic role models themselves you know to their, their parents so look, we were brought up on a council estate and um yeah the, first, the very first memory i remember my in, in my life was at the age of six i woke up um it you know in my little, little single bed and and, and 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 i couldn't move my legs i couldn't move my legs and this will play pivotal in you know my mindset now in relation to where it was so i couldn't move my legs it was weird i basically had a, a rare form of arthritis uh martin and 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 which really affected my knees. So I was in and out of a thing called Plaster and Parish. No, so it was the age of three I did that, uh, where I was in and out this Plaster and Parish. Picture the scene. You're like a mini forest gump where you're constantly getting your legs in plaster. Your legs will be really skinny when they come out. You build them up, then you go back again. So for about three years, that happened. And then at the age of six, I had a Polish specialist tell me the only thing I'd ever do was was swim, right? And you knew I hated swimming. And, and obviously, you knew I love football. And uh, in that moment, and this is why I'm so obsessed with personal development, and anyone listening to this, of why mindset is so important if you're trying to take your physical capabilities to another level long-term. Um, in that moment when he said, you, you're only going to swim, I think make it just, uh, through the personal development work I did, I decided I'm going to prove him wrong. Uh, and, and very long story short, I, you know, I, I pretty much did. So from the age of six, picture the scene, from the age of six to 16, I was that kid at school that excelled rapidly with things like football, athletics. Um, you know, I was the fastest fastest at the school i was captain of the football team got picked up at coventry, by coventry city fc at the age of 10 right as a footballer doing that thing that that poll especially said i wouldn't do you know so obviously i've always i think there those moments shaped my drive even now to some degree but not always for the positive as we'll come on in terms of relationships and we joked about this before we obviously kicked off this podcast um but yeah look life has been pretty smooth from the age of 10 picked up by coventry um I, I, I was at Coventry at the age of 20, um, but at the age of 13, I had, I had an opportunity where it was like my dream in the palm of my hand, okay? So, obviously, the, the dream from a very early age would be a professional footballer. I was absolutely obsessed. Big, massive Manchester United fan for you 
uh, soccer slash football fans out there. Same. I was as well, man. This is day. where Manchester yeah. United were good, good Martin. You know, they had Cantona. Eric Cantona. Yeah. Listen, they were untouchable. <laughs> Sir Alex Ferguson. I was that guy that had every kit. I'd watch every game with my dad, with, you know, with my brother, etc. And I had that dream in the palm of my hand. So at the age of 13, my uh, Manchester United scout called my house. And I remember my dad waking me up. I just played a pre-season tournament with Coventry. And that's where Manchester United just watched me. And, and, they, and they're like, oh, he's, he's scribbling this down saying Man United scout. Gets off the call. He said, they want you to start on your scoreboard forms, take you up at the end of the season. But you could, you had to wait a few, like for that season, Martin, to, to sign for Manchester United, you know, at the age of 14. So in, in short, I had two options, right? Sign for, leave Coventry, move up to Manchester and sign a scoreboard form with uh, Manchester United but it wasn't guaranteed professional. You'd have to prove yourself in a bigger peer group with a better team. Or what happened was when Manchester United called my house, Gordon Strachan, who was a Coventry City manager at the time, comes to the training ground and he says to me, look, we know Manchester United have called you. Um, you know, we want to sit down and you ain't going nowhere. And um, I tried to deny it. And he said, no, no, Kurt, listen, we, we know you're a big Manchester United fan, but we want to talk to you. And they offered me a professional contract, right? So at the age of 13, pitch of the sea, Right. That thing that I've been dreaming of from the age of as soon as I could talk and walk and kick a football is is there, right? You, I know at 13, I'm a guaranteed professional footballer when I leave school if I sign for Coventry or I, I, I pursue my dream of going for Manchester United and I chose the safe option, which was Coventry, right? And this will prove dividends and hopefully relate to certain people who are maybe doubting themselves later on in this podcast. So I chose the safe option. Seven years later, with that so-called safe option, Martin, uh, Gary McAllister, the Coventry City manager at that, at that time, when I'm 1920, releases me in a 30-second conversation. So that so-called safe option wasn't safe. I get told I'm not good enough. And, and you know what, Martin, being really honest, I've said this many times before in previous podcasts, it was the first time in my life I categorically got told, you are not good enough. I, we don't want you. Right? He didn't say it quite as bluntly as that, but I folded. Deep down, I folded. So that was, I suppose... That was the first lesson in my life that the safe option, the comfortable option never generally works out too well for me. And in my opinion, doesn't really work well for most people. If you, you know, you evaluate me, make decisions. Um, so, but, but the big problem with that one, Mark, is it, it, it was to do with my identity. I'd attached my whole identity to being a professional footballer when deep down it was what I did, not who I was. Do you understand? So this, this for me is why... Obviously, I work with business leaders now, entrepreneurs, all these different people. So many people attach their identity to their job and they really struggle outside of that because they attach their whole identity. And so often it's pain led. You know, I think part of me are trying to prove to be a footballer. We're still trying to prove to that, that poly specialist at the age of six that I can be a professional footballer. Do you know what I mean? So it was, it was always pain and pain about, you know, yes, I love football and stuff, but. It's a bit like going into a transformation of going, right, I'm, I'm, I'm in hurt. I don't know how I look. I know I can look better. Pain, yes, you need your motivation, but it has to be pleasurable. You, know, have, to be, you have to have self-acceptance in pursuit of that. So what happened then, mate? I, I'm still in great shape. Loved the gym when I was at, at, at Coventry. Um, I'm that guy. You know, you generally have in football teams players who love the gym, players who don't love the gym, right? You probably generally tell by someone's body shape, you know. And um, But I'd always loved the gym, you know. But obviously, there's only so much, so many, so much muscles and size you could have in relation to football. So I get, I get let go, and and I'm like, what do you do next? So I was lost, mate. I had no purpose, no direction, and this is why I'm so fascinated by human need psychology. And we can maybe touch on this today. Um, I'd, I'd attached my whole identity to doing that thing, and I've got this vehicle, football, that was meeting all my needs. Okay, then it's took away, right? You've got no purpose. You've got this vehicle that was meeting all of your needs. Then what? And I basically re, uh, retrained as a gas engineer, plumber, because that was safe. Again, you got everyone going, oh, you have to pay your bills. And if, you, if you're a plumber, you're a gas engineer, you're always going to make lots of money, right? But I'm doing it just as a job. So I retrained as a gas engineer. I'm still the guy in the gym during this period from the age of 20 to 26. Still the ripped guy in the gym. Don't really know quite how I was still in shape, you know, like, because I didn't really understand nutrition at the time. But I think because I used to, you know, train a lot, lift weights and, you know, you're always eating healthy-ish to some degree. Uh, so I'm in the gym, but that was the only area in my life at that point, mate, where I was getting significance, you know, where I felt important because I've gone from this vehicle of playing football where, um, you know, I'm, I'm loving what I'm doing, okay? Then I'm going for this thing called plumbing where I've got working 40, 50, 60 hours a week of this thing I hate doing. It's not meeting my needs. The only thing where I'm getting significance is, um, you know, um, in the gym 
but because I hate what I was doing, very destructive behavior patterns, Martin. So come the weekend, drink, drugs, um, you know, probably attracted and in short-term relationships, if that, with, with the wrong type of girls that probably weren't aligned to good for me long-term. So everything was very much short-term hit, especially at weekend. And it was, it was blocking out, patting down and happiness because you, you don't do reactive behaviors pattern. You don't have consistent reactive behavior patterns like that if you're happy with yourself and what you're doing and who you're with, which I clearly wasn't, right? So I felt lost in life during those years, Mark, 2026. And this is why I'm so passionate now with anyone we coach. And I know you're the same of, you know, <laughs> you have to be very in tune with your emotions, your emotions of how you're feeling, your biggest feedback tool of whether you, whether you are living with purpose and you're being congruent with why yourself and why you're really on this earth. Um, so I'm lost, uh, drifting, you know, living for the weekend. And then in 2009, uh, my, my friend says to me, because I used to look at the Men's Health magazine all the time, and she says to me, Kurt, I think you should enter this competition. It's like a yearly competition, Matt, right? And um, she goes, I think, I think you can do that. You know, I used to look at the magazines. Oh, I've got a better body than them. Well, I look very similar, you know. And she entered the competition for me, right? She actually did the right for me. I swear to God, took three pictures for me. It's Sonia. I still owe this lady very dearly. And um, I entered the competition. Uh, missed the phone call, though, right? I missed the phone call. So basically... I missed the phone call because I was fitting a toilet in the job that I didn't like, right? And then I called him back a week later. I still remember the lady's name, Claire Matthews. I called her and said, Claire, um, yes, yeah, Kurt Miller here. I made the men's health phone. And she said, yeah, Kurt, you did. But unfortunately, you called back too late. We're going to have to give you a place to someone else. We had to give you a place to someone else because they don't give you, you know, it's smart. With men's health, when you used to do the competition, they didn't want someone who was doing three years of dieting to look good for a, you know, a 10 minute shoot. They wanted the everyday guy was in shape, which I fit that bill. But unfortunately, it was a bit too late. And that for me was another lesson in life, mate, that um, the universe will present opportunities to you. But if you're not ready, you know, that you probably won't, you won't get to grasp that opportunity. And I think emotionally and mentally, because of my destructive behavior patterns, I wasn't ready. So fast forward another year, you're thinking, okay, just cracked on. And I wasn't very happy, mate. But the difference from 2009, 2010 um, was I started immersing myself into personal development and I started stop playing the victim. You know, you start... I read in books like The Secret, listening to Dr. Wayne Dyer, and this one's so, so big on personal development, beliefs, and identity. And I'm, I'll probably bore your listeners to death with this stuff today, but it is so important if you want lasting change and you want a constant state of improvement mentality in any single aspect of your life. Um, I started focusing on what I wanted more and who I was trying to become, and, and also positive language patterns, all these things. And fast forward to 2010, the competition comes around again, and, and, and Sonia says, uh, I think you should do it again. I'm like, they're not going to pick me again out of thousands of guys, you know. She goes, Kurt, just do it. Anyway, she, she did the right okay, up again, 250 words. I remember exactly. Um, and and I, I, I submitted three more pictures. And yeah, I keep saying long story short, but long story short, I, I, Claire Matthews uh, called me, Martin, right? And I still remember right now, to this day, the exact scenario. She calls me and I'm in my plumbing van. So picture the scene. I'm in a plumbing van on a Monday, still hungover from the weekend, all right? Um, and I, that was off the back of a two week all inclusive holiday with my ex partner in, um, Mexico where I'm drinking every day, eating shit that you're all, you can eat buffets, which come on, we've all been on those buffets where you're trying to get your money's worth and all this bullshit, which I think it, looking back is horrendous. Do you know what I mean? Cause you come back feeling like shit. So, so I get this call. She's like, Kurt, it's Claire Matthews. I go, did you call me last year? She said, yes. Uh, and she goes, I goes, but you missed the call. And you know what, Matt? I knew I was going to win when I received that call. I didn't say nothing to anything, but there was like a feeling in my heart going, the university is trying to teach me something here. And um, that I was literally about, I swear to God, because I was still hungover, I was about to go to, like, you're familiar with, maybe in Wales, Greg's, like a pasty store. Like, of so, course, man. Yeah, dirt cheap, was, just shit food. Yeah, I was basically, right, hungover. And I'm sure anyone who drinks Steak, this, bakes, sausage rolls, custard yes, slices. Yes. Man, I used to smash them all. Yes, yes, yes. I'm sure <laughs> if, if, if anyone's listening to this, uh, when they're, when you're hungover, you crave shit. You crave salt. You crave sugar. You get, and that was me on a Monday morning, right? And and I I was so close. I swear to God to just picking out and pulling off the gym for a for on a Monday, and then I had this call, and and I had basically twelve days to get in shape. So yeah, fast forward twelve days. Fortunately enough, I win the competition, and I say the rest is history, really, Mark. And and that forget winning the competition, the men's health. It was. The penny dropped then, follow your passion, follow your purpose. And that, 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 that was the moment in my life, the third lesson, lesson or 
a third test in my life of, am I going to take the comfortable option or am I going to take the uncomfortable option? First lesson was sign for Coventry or sign for Manchester United. I took the comfortable option, end up failing. The second test is you get let go by Coventry. What are you going to do now as a career? I mean, looking back at the age of 20, I mean, you know me, Martin, as do my friends. It was probably staring me in the face then to go into personal training and coaching in some degree, but it was too obvious. And I, I, I didn't believe in myself because I got that knockback. It massively affected my confidence, even though I might look good externally. And that's why, just to be transparent, I've been the guy that's been ripped to fucking a men's health competition. Um, been had the six pack the whole of my twenties, especially those early twenties, and still been emotionally fragile. Right? That is why how you look is irrelevant if you're not in control of how you feel. They work together, right? Um, but but I chose the comfortable option to take a plumbing job. And, and again, wasn't happy. So that was my third test. So basically, at the age of 26, 27, mate, after winning that men's health, getting the exposure, it wasn't about that. It was penny drop, right? Follow your passion. And that's how I got into coaching, uh, Mark. So kicked off with uh, personal training. I basically quit my job with five hours personal training. So um, it wasn't like it was a comfortable option from the start, but for me, I'm at my absolute best when I lean into, like, when I when I sort of take a positive risk, I suppose. I basically had friends, family go, what about your bills? What if it goes wrong, right? Again, inheriting their beliefs instead of being brave enough to step into it. So I just thought, fuck it. And I don't know if you, if you listen to this, have you ever had moments in your life where you just push through a threshold and you just, enough's enough. And you just, you, you burn the boat, as Tony Robbins says, where it's like, you, you just go, fuck it. And I just quit my job with five hours personal training. I, I, as long as I had enough to, you know, eat roof over my head, my, I didn't care. I was that unhappy doing what I was doing. I remember about three months before I quit my job, I was getting warnings, uh, you know, from my, my boss at Plumbing because he was catching me on my phone. I was, you know, I was, oh, mate, I, 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 would, I wouldn't turn up on a Monday because I'd go out drinking on a Sunday. You know, it was, I wasn't a good place. And but, but quit my job, mate. Within two weeks, I had a full diary and. Uh, very fast forward to where I am now. Personal training Coventry for maybe eight, eight, eight to ten years. Again, biggest fish. Let me, let me talk on that period quickly, right? Because you mentioned about being emotionally fragile, right? But being in incredible shape. And yeah. I can resonate with so much what you're saying now because I've been through a very similar thing. Yeah, and yeah. You can, I've said this to my audience before. <clears throat> you can be shredded. You can be in great shape and yeah. look good from the outside. You know what I mean? And look fantastic on Instagram. Yeah. On the inside, you're emotionally fragile. You've got a yeah. poor relationship with yourself. And you've yeah. got all sorts of issues, right? So let's talk on that. If you wouldn't mind just talking on that little period there and how you yeah. kind of overcome that. And that transitions then into where you're at now anyway, right? Absolutely. 100%. As I said, look, um, I know I could probably talk for hours on this subject alone. So I'll try, I'll try and relate to whoever's this in some capacity. Um, everything we do, Martin, deep down, whether it's to go to the gym, whether it's to buy a jacket, whether it's to uh, achieve a certain financial figure in our, uh, our business, is to chase a feeling. Right. Think about anyone listening to this. I'm half guessing a lot of people listening to this are probably in a strong position in their career where they own their own business or they've built themselves up to a certain status within their career. OK. That would help evolve and expand your identity deep down how you describe yourself. If I was to say to you, Mark, like, you know, describe yourself, you would probably describe yourself. Great coach. You know, I'm someone who's healthy, fit, strong. At some point, would you agree you weren't that person? 100%. Yeah. Right. So. But you had aspirations to achieve that physique, to achieve that, that business, because you wanted to expand how you saw yourself and create a feeling of more pleasure in your life, right? So you 100%. go, you have beliefs about what you need to do and who you need to be and how you need to look to achieve that feeling. Would you agree? Yeah. And then you identify with that, don't you? Yeah. But um, that is where for me, and this will, I'll come on to later on about how the process of how we get people in shape our end. I'm sure you relate to this. I think when you're in your your, your, your 20s and, and you're trying to look a certain way, it's all based on external gratification of, I need to look like this for the for uh, someone to be attracted to me, for me to get importance, you know, and for me to feel significance and status yeah, in some yeah. way, right? And it's like that even with social media. Especially like, as guys, we chase status 100%, so much, don't we? So much. This, it's no different to... Why does someone uh, have a fucking tattoo? There was a part of you that goes, I have this tattoo. Yes, it might have meaning to it, but I think a lot of people have these tattoos and, you know, they have a certain haircut or, you know, they might have some surgery, to be really frank, like, because you're trying to change how you see yourself for the better mm. externally. In some way, especially in your early days, 
You are trying to do it for external gratification. And the problem with that, if you are doing these things, whether it's a body, a business, a number for, I need that to, to feel good. I need that to be loved or to feel enough or to, for other people um, to, to, to value me more. It's just a matter of time before there's cracks. So they, they have to work together. You know, I think the difference is now, of course, Matt, like if I look at my body now, I'm 39 and, you know, during my 20s, I, I don't look too dissimilar. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm not naturally a big guy. I'm just consistent as fuck, right? You know, I've, I've never really been out of shape, but there's a different motive for it. At the age of 20, from, from the age of 20 to, I'd say even 30, mate, if I'm honest, I, I, I felt I needed to look like that because that would, you know, it, that, that would affect my career and, and, and to be attractive to the opposite sex. And of course it's true. Right? Anyone who says they don't like to look good and feel good is full of shit, in my opinion, right? Because even if someone doesn't train, right, I know so many people that are happily spend thousands on clothes right, to look good and feel good when they're out, what's the difference between someone who trains in the gym that that's their method of looking good and feeling good? People, women put on makeup because they're fucking, they want to be attractive when they're out. There's no two ways about it, right? But the, the, the motive for me is different. So I've got the same outcome. I want to look the same as what I did in my 20s, right? But I'm doing it for a deeper meaning of now it's influencing the people that are coaching to me. So I need to hold myself to a higher standard. It's for health. It's for energy. Of course, it's for confidence because I believe you can't give what you don't have. If you haven't got confidence, you haven't got energy, right? Then, then you can't give that. But it's a different reason, you know. And I think if if you are someone listening to this and 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 you uh, think that by building a great body and having all the money and having doing this and that, you fucking know if you're telling yourself lies if you're not quite happy within yourself in your own mind. And, and there's no judgment because I've been that guy. We can all put a front on, you know, when we're in front of people, whether it's a, a, a woman, a man, you meet, you're on dates or you, with your partner or you go into a business meeting or you're on, you can bullshit on the front end, but you can't tell lies to yourself internally, mate. And, and, and during that period, I was that coach where I'd attached my whole, not my whole identity, but I, I'd attached my, my, my level of significance to how I looked Whereas now it's just a right, let's make sure we're, we're helping someone expand their beliefs and their identity internally, as well as how they see themselves externally. They have to work together. I talk about it all the time when we bring on new clients. Our goal is to, of course, build your fantastic body, but that represents about 33% of the, the value. We want to develop an even stronger mindset and we want you to live with true confidence internally. So you're in control of your thoughts, your feelings, your words, and, and you are in control of your beliefs. We all have limiting beliefs, but it's a really powerful thing when you acknowledge these limiting beliefs to what they are, you violate them quickly and make it a new belief, you know, which is focused on where you're trying to be. And, and you've, you've got that confidence internally and externally that, that, that for me is where the, the, the juice is made. Do you understand? Because everything we do is to chase a feeling. If I was to, like, I don't know, say if I was to ask one of my guys, my business owners, okay, what, why do you do what you do? Like a lot of the time you're doing it because it's good for you. And it wanna, you want to provide for freedom for your family and do nice things and stuff, but you still, it's still to give you a pleasurable feeling. Do you understand? There has to be meaning behind what you do. Definitely, man. And look at where you're at now. You can use this as an example, right? Because obviously what you've built with your business and stuff like that, right? Extremely successful. But what keeps you going, what gets you out of bed in the morning, man, is the purpose of actually having such yeah. a massive yeah. impact on people's lives, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, listen, I, I look, my why is I, I help, you know, I love uh, helping people become the person they've always been capable of basically by removing limitations, expanding beliefs and helping them live with confidence they never thought possible. I think the juice is that I generally think like when you have an, um, like you have a passion, a purpose for summer, usually it's because um, you've experienced pain in that area at some point. And you don't want anyone to go through that. So if I look at, you know, as a, the reason my story is so pivotal with that question, uh, uh, Matt, is I'm absolutely obsessed in helping anyone who works with me, connects with me, even follows me on social media, friends, like, uh, how 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 can I make sure what as 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 what in whatever uh, part influence I have on that person's life, whether it's someone who just follows me on social media or or someone who I love and care about, or someone who invests in me, that when they leave uh, their life, they're not looking back with what if, thinking who could I have become, what body and health could I have built, what confidence could I have lived with? Because I think it'd be a fucking travesty, right, to look back, you know, in. 30, 40, 50 years time, however long I've got this earth and go, I wish I did this. I, I wish I tried that instead of being held back by an outdated belief, which if you think about uh, 
my story and and again I this isn't about me guys listen to this it's about you guys i just want you to use my story in some ways even just inspiration or maybe lightful moments i because i didn't believe in myself and i didn't have the confidence internally uh, uh, martin as what i do now effectively from the age of 13 from turning down manchester united that was the first evidence in my life that i lacked belief in myself and in that moment when you have the dream in your palm of your hand i didn't think i was good enough would you agree if I, if I genuinely believed in my heart was good enough and I had the belief that I did now, I would have took a chance and gone, I'm going to pursue my dream. But I didn't because I didn't believe in myself, right? And then effectively, it took 14 fucking years at the age of, well, 13, 14 years when I decided, when I won that men's health comp to quit my job and go, fuck it, I'm going to try and pursue my dream. 14 years before I finally believed in myself to go, I am going to pursue my dream life and and genuinely try and achieve and do the things that I know I'm on the surf to do and be the best person of myself, pursue my greater self, so to speak, mate. And 14 years. So you say to me, what drives me now? I don't want anyone to wait, waste fucking years and years and years trying to become a better person, trying to live with more confidence, trying to build a better body. Whatever that outcome is you're trying to move forward with, don't do what I did. Don't wait 14 fucking years for the penny to drop because as we'll come on to when it comes to the process of getting a great body, I say this to my clients all the time. Most people listen to this probably know that to build a great body, right? Would you agree you need to work out? All right, if you, if you want to change your body shape, you need to lift weights, you need to train. Contrary to some of the hip bullshit classes and all that nonsense you see, if you're trying to build a great body, like Martin Silva, like this <laughs> specimen I'm looking at here, all right? Or anyone you have aspirations, you go, what a great body. Training stimulus. Right. Two, you need to move your body, walk, right? You need to create an energy deficit, energy out, especially if you want to eat more food and get lean. Right. You need to eat high quality food. You need to manage the quantity of your calories. You need to drink water. You need to drink sleep. Effectively, the core drivers, Martin. Would you agree? Yeah, most people know generally the amount of information out there. And most people, and we joked about this before, I've had so many people who work with previous trainers before they invested in me. I know you've had the same, right? Most of those trainers, all right. I, <laughs> I don't think they're doing it quite to the same standard as me and you, Matt, and some of the great coaches you know. But generally speaking, most people are investing in a training protocol or starting, well, even if they're not working with the coach, they know that to build a body they want and energy, et cetera, and confidence, train, move, eat, water, sleep. Why is it most people can't do that, right? For, for, for me, there are a couple of reasons. State, right? They can't control their emotional state. Reactive behavior patterns. Most people listening to this, again, no judgment. And that's why my story is so important. I've been very transparent now. I've, I've binge it ridiculously when I've overdieted during the week. I've, I've took drugs. You know, I've had very destructive behavior patterns because I could, couldn't control my state. So if you generally know what to do, training, food, movement, of course, people like me and Martin package it in a neater way and, and better. But long story short, even if you didn't invest in a coach, you know, to build a better body is to train, move, eat, water, sleep but you still don't make the decisions. You don't do the things you know you should do, right? Even if you know the answers, it's because your state, you can't control your state, your state, because state controls decisions, all right? Secondly, even if someone said, well, no, I can control my state, but I'm still not where I want to be, I fucking guarantee it's a belief, a belief issue. If someone... Well, when you say when you say control your state, just to elaborate a tiny bit, you mean control your emotions, how you react to when you get... State. Yeah, an emotional state, state decisions. Ultimately, our life is a reflection on the decisions we make. Wouldn't would you agree? Think about if you're listening to this. If I was to say to you, tell me an area of your life you are exceptional at, and you you have evidence that you have world class results, progress. For a lot of people, it's their career. They've had to make smart decisions in that area to become successful in that given area. Would mm -hmm. you agree? Yeah. Or say they've, say they've got a lot of money. You've clearly made smart decisions in relation to your finances in that area. Right, I guarantee they've not made those decisions from a reactive state. It's been a proactive state with thought. They controlled their focus, their language patterns, right, and they focused on what they wanted, not what they didn't want. It. Do you know what I mean? They weren't stressed. Me, myself included. How many times you make shit decisions when you've been stressed? You're reactive. You're focusing on negative. You know, you're beating yourself up with words. Right. That 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 is what controls decisions. Okay, is, is your state, right? And for me, as I said many times to my clients. If you have evidence in your life that you, you have made empowering decisions that are positive and have moved you, moved you forward in your life, in other areas of your life, whether it's do your, your business, your relationships, learning, spiritual, whatever it is, 
you can do it with, with body. But people don't use the traits and, and the level of focus in their stronger areas, in, in their health and fitness areas, okay, from my experience, okay? People who are consistent, sure you agree, the people, the most consistent clients you work with, they control their state better. If they have something that goes wrong, they don't fold. Absolutely. Right? And life isn't perfect. You need these little dips in emotions, but don't stay there. I think a lot of people, and this is what happened to me during my 20s when I had those destructive behavior patterns, if something didn't go well, or even in a relationship, say if I had a shitty relationship, that would that would affect me longer than it needed to because I didn't know how to change my state quick enough, right? And I lack belief and confidence, which comes on to my next point, right? So I've said, um, you, you know, to build a great body, training your food, your movement, your water, right? And if you go, oh, my state's good, I'm making power decisions. The reason <laughs> belief is so important so many people put a cap on what they believe they're capable of, right? They get nearly to where they want to be, right? But because they haven't pushed through that threshold, they let limiting beliefs come in. It could be from past. It could be someone, past conversation from your mom, a kid at school, or, you know, you just telling a story in your head of, ah, I don't believe I can be better. You know, it, it's absolutely self-doubt, self-doubt. Yeah, exactly. Because they, they look at previous history of like maybe trying to get in shape countless times before. Yeah. And then 100%. they go, oh, the same thing's yeah, going to happen. Yeah. So they're almost like preempting it yeah, sometimes. Yeah. But, but, but the, way, the way to get around that, guys, honestly, think of the areas of your life where you are truly exceptional and you've excelled. And for most people, it's their career. Why is it people push through limiting beliefs in their career? Think about anyone. I've never coached anybody who's been successful, whether it's they've got a top CEO role, that, you know, they've got their own company, who's had to push through limiting beliefs, self-doubt, adversity. You know why they do it? Because they're fully aware of the fucking consequences if they don't do it. They're aware of, if I don't achieve this career, that status, that level of income, it might affect what, what, what I can provide for my children, my partner, my holidays. They are fully aware of the consequences if they don't change. So at that moment where they've had that limiting belief, go, oh, I don't know if I can do this. They have a deeper emotional meaning of and awareness of the consequences if they don't follow through and they push through it. So even with your health and fitness, if you are someone that has hit a plateau and you've nearly you're at seventy percent of your transformation or eighty percent, like we this is where we have a lot of our clients sometimes stuck. And these are the type of conversations we have. If you've been at seventy eight percent and it's genuine belief issue because you've not been there before, how did you fucking push through the limiting belief in the areas, the other areas of your life that you are now exceptional at? And it's, it's, it's using that same thought process. And then coming back to the state, mate, if they're pushed through limiting belief in, in, in other areas of their life, and for most people, it is their career, right? To achieve a level of status. How did you focus? What words did you say to yourself? What did you do with your body? Because those three, Tony Robbins talks about it, is the triad, right? That makes up the state that, 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 that then allows to make an empowering decision. So you have to, in that moment where you're lacking self-belief, go, what am I actually focusing on? Are the words that are coming out my mouth limited, limiting me or lifting me, right? Because remember, words, the questions you say to yourself in a given moment when you're lacking self-belief, right, they shape your decisions. You ask yourself a better question when you're lacking self-belief, you'll get a better answer, right? And, and you're focusing on what you want as opposed to not what you, you, you don't want. Do you understand? And Absolutely, that is so yeah. powerful, mate. And then the last thing I, I talk about, um, you know, if I look at the process to actually um, you know, progress. So we've got state, we've got limiting beliefs, yeah? State, yeah, so limiting got, beliefs. You've got, you got your six core drivers. You've got your six core drivers, right? So imagine you start your fitness journey. You've got your six core drivers, which is training, stimulus, movement. That's that's energy out. You have food quality, food quantity, energy in. Then you have health essentials, water and sleep, right? Would we agree when you sleep better, you eat better, you train better, you move better, right? You make the sure foundation. It's the foundation, isn't it? But those six things, whichever shit you might have listened to on social media guys these six things whichever way we paint it up the better you manage them the better you look you can't change your body without without managing these things but it's the control of the state is going to influence whether or not you do you, you actually do the things you know you should do in those six areas right and your belief about can i actually go to another level if i do these things or i'm going to put a cap on it do you understand and then the last one is environment environment you know Nothing helps you uh, expand beliefs and 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 just stretch your capabilities more than making sure you have an environment which um, is full of the type of people with the outcome you're trying to uh, desire. So a great question, you know, that I, I talk about in relation to that, Matt, is uh, 
you know, if you ever stuck, what would someone 10 times leaner, healthier, fitter, more confident do choose in this situation? Do you know what I mean? But you need an environment that it doesn't contradict, you know, the outcome you're trying to desire. And, and I think once you know the inputs, you know, your, your, your energy and your energy out, all these six core drivers, state, belief, environment. And what you do then is whenever you're stuck, it's very easy then to identify. If these are the things you've got, the six things which are more or less making up the physical uh, uh, things you need to do. And then you've got control of your state, awareness of beliefs uh, and environment. If you ever do hit a roadblock, just go through that checklist and go, which area is holding me back? Knows Which area is the one that I need to identify? If I improve, that would improve the others. Because usually speaking, when someone's stuck, Matt, I, I, I'm yet to coach someone. If I was to go through that checklist, when I'm just going through some questions with someone being in stock, it's always going to be one of them. No doubt. It's science. Do you know what I mean, this isn't magic. But, but <laughs> what precedes all that, sorry, I don't want this to be overwhelming anyone listen to this. Before all of that is you have to have a strong emotional reason why you want to change. There has to be a deeper meaning why. How will it improve the quality of your life? How will life get better? How will my personal life get better? My professional life get better? My relationships, my performance, you know, my internal happiness. How will life get better if I am fitter, leaner, more confident? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and like you said about the consequences earlier, that stood out to me, right? People look at the consequences of obviously not earning money, not being set. But when it comes to the health and fitness, looking at that as well, it's like, what would happen a yeah. year from now? But, but you, you know, know what I mean? You know, you, know, you know what you do with that? And that's where, I've, again, I've done, done trainings on this. If, you, if, if this is too intense for you, you probably shouldn't listen to this podcast, right? No, I listen to it. We need it. We all need it. Yeah, no, <laughs> Let's it, go. It, it, if, if, right, you are someone who, um, you know, isn't where you want to be. And it could be by 5%, 10%, 20%, 30%. And you're just looking, you're struggling a little bit with either that little bit of extra motivation or ah, just that oomph to go to that next level. Write a list of all the areas of your life, family, finances, friends, relationships, spiritual, learning, kids, whatever, right? Then write a next column, right? And, and title that. Uh, how will uh, how will being leaner, fitter, confident, more healthy improve those areas? So even if you just write a sentence next to all those. So say for example, um, you know, I'll use I'll just relate to my clients a lot. You know, they they want a great business. You know, one of the things I would go: How will being even leaner, even healthier, even fitter, even more confident? How will that improve the, the quality of your life in 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 your business in your career? You have to pair the relationships because when you are crystal clear with, um, you, you know, how being fitter, leaner, healthier will improve the areas of life you value most, right? You are more likely to do the actions and behaviors needed to become fitter, leaner, healthier because there's more value on it. You are, in your mind, you are fully aware of the extra benefit of what you're going to get. Do you understand? You know, so that's from a pleasurable place, but. Also on the flip side, Mark, because what I've found is a lot of people, they need they, they respond more to fear and pain, hence why they've been successful, got to that level of success in, in the first place. So that might not maybe shift the needle for you if what I've just said there about going, how will the quality of life improve? You could do another column and go, how, how is my life being held back by not being fitter, leaner, confident, healthier? You know, what am I missing out on? What opportunities am, am I not getting because... I'm not fitter. So say, for example, we've had a lot of our guys get very, very wealthy, right? But they're, 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 not, they're not in the shape they want. They've not quite got the confidence they want. They've not quite got the energy they want. And I'm like, wow, you've achieved all these things without that extra 10, 20%, right? What, what are you missing out on? What would you do if you were fitter that you, you can't do because you're not fitter? What, what maybe deal or extra, uh, you, you know, um, mission would you maybe explore if you had more confidence you know or even in a relationship like let's be straight like if someone's got a crack in their confidence let's not paint paint paper over cracks here like if someone's lacking confidence i fucking guarantee that's affecting your relationship in some way 100 percent. yeah no doubt no doubt million percent and also as well most most people if you listen to this you've got kids i know this is again pretty direct but most people i work with right they 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 are they, they love their partners. They love their kids. How is being, how is not being as fit as you want or as confident as you want, right? Or basically being the role model deep down you want to be, how is that affecting your kids and, 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 your, and your partner? 
Because we all know if you've got children, right, they are going to mirror everything you do, your words, your behaviors. And if there's a crack in you, that will rub off. If you have limitations with your words or you've got piss poor standards with your behavior, you eat shit, you binge, you drink a lot. Guess what? Kids seek love and connection of parents more than anything else. And eventually, as they grow older, they, they, they decide in their mind who they need to be to get that love and connection off their parents, uh, Martin. Do you understand? Mm. And, and that's where if you're not motivated, sometimes driven by yourself or you do, you're just, I don't know, happy to sit in your comfort zone, have a look at the people you love most. Go, fucking who needs me on my A game? Who needs me that extra 10, 20%, right? And if I'm not on my extra 10, 20%, right, how are they being impacted? So these mm. are the questions, right, you know, what is the consequence if I don't change or not? Don't change. Again, a lot of my clients who work with me, Matt, and they're not broken. They're not mm. broken. I, I'll be honest. I don't like working with people who aren't, who aren't motivated, right? I don't like people who don't like training, right? I don't like working with people who don't like sport. I like people who are, you know, they're, they're motivated, but they're just coming to us to give that level of, level of expertise. But we still have to ask them these questions. Still have to ask them these questions because every single person, myself included, as I've been transparent in my story, want to sit in their comfort zone sometimes. Hmm. you know and, and yeah you kind of we talk about maintenance weeks maintenance months i'm sure you do the same mark with your health and fitness journey over a 12-month period but growth is a spiritual need if you're not fucking progressing at some point you, you, you'll know about it it will lead to like negative emotions or you'll just feel like you're underperforming so you have to stretch your capabilities and, 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 and to do that a lot of the time you need to have a harsh reality going if by sitting in my comfort zone who is that affecting uh, with my kids you know what I mean? These are the I love that. I love that. Yeah, definitely, definitely important questions, man. Mate, there was so much nuggets there, so much gold. I wanted to finish this off with this. A lot of people, everyone listening to this is growth-minded, right? They listen to the podcast. They want to improve. They're interested in growth, right? So what would you say to that person, you know, who wants to get to the next level? They want to get the extra 10, 20% and actually reach their full potential. What would you say, like, this is what, you know, this is what you need to focus on uh, to get you moving in that right direction, you know, so you're not going to just be living a mediocre life. Um, again, it depends. I mean, like, sorry to. I know it depends. I know, I know it's a it's a broad question, but just in general, like if it's a, a high performing person, what would you yeah. say in terms of like to get them to the next level? The, you mentioned the yeah. six most important things, right? Because behavior change, right? A lot of people need to change behaviors, and that's difficult, right? So, would you say the first thing you need to do is look at, you know, like ask yourself the right questions, and basically, right? Yeah, yeah, with that, but also as well, I think it's more, um, you know, I think if 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 someone's a high performer or they have aspirations to be a high performer, right? You're always looking for that extra five to 10%. Where can I g- gain a high level of performance in any single area, right? It could be to do with your training, could be to do with work, could be to do with getting more time back for your kids, right? You know, because ultimately, I think we all have the, the consistent positive challenges of how do we manage work? How do you manage training? How do you manage socials? How do you manage, you know, your, your, your meetings? Your, your, your... There's lots of stuff to do, especially when you've got kids, right? And you've got... um You've, you've got lots to think about, but I think that's where the key is, is to really ruthlessly evaluate your attention. You know, so one thing, uh, if someone's trying to improve um, their level of performance in any area, it's a bit like when you first start a transformation, you need to evaluate, first of all, what am I currently doing? And where, where what areas am I demonstrating that I'm really strong? And what areas of my calendar, like, so, so I suppose to strip this back even more, look at your calendar right now. Right. Look at your calendar right now. Where does that demonstrate your attention is being placed and is it being utilized as effectively as what it could be? Right. So if we're looking at someone's calendar, they'll probably have work scheduled, meetings scheduled. A lot of people don't schedule their training, their food, their movement. They say you need to strip your calendar back and go, and is that as effective as I know it could be or want it to be? And if it's not, ruthlessly evaluate your time. And go, because I think I, I took, I've spoken about time management. You know, I've got podcasts on that myself, but like attention management is key. I think so many people waste time. But I think first thing, if you're trying to elevate, elevate high, high performance, first and foremost is look at your calendar and go, where am I effective? Where am I not as effective or could be more effective? So you're stripping back again. I suppose just like I said with the body really is, but look at your calendar and go, what areas could I be more effective? Where do I feel I procrastinate? Where, where could I do a certain task more effectively? And, and, and if I think, okay, I'm, I'm pretty solid with my work, could you be doing things a little bit quicker, sharper? And that comes down to energy, focus, and deliberate practices. 
you know so so you need to evaluate what you're doing and then then even if you've just gone where do, where are i where am i in flow state i'm effective where am i not so effective and what do i need to do more of what do i need to do less of where do i need to up, up my game but a lot of the time it's a, it's it's attention mate and we all know one of the biggest problems is this is the phone you know 100 um, definitely you know I mean? so, so yeah that that for me and there's, there's so many different tactics mate but for me it's you got 168 hours in a week so if you're trying to be a high performer high performers for me squeeze the most out that week why is it some people i said this on a podcast the other week matt why is it some people have 160 hours in a week right and i've got some clients who work 60 78 hours still get their sessions in still eat healthy still get their movement in still um factor social time have fun and then there's some people and they've got kids by the way in a family and there's some people who have the same time, but, but they're not as consistent with their training. They're not as consistent with uh, their, 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 their movement, their food. Or maybe they're just completely overworked and, and, and they don't have time for their loved ones and stuff. It still comes down to discipline and how you manage and organize your calendar. Optimizing organization, deliberate practice. You know, uh, uh, But it all starts from looking at your calendar with ruthless honesty. Because a lot of people, um, and I've been this guy, so there's no judgment again, uh, say, oh, I'm busy. I'm busy. First thing I say, show me your calendar. Show me your calendar. Right? Did a great learning with uh, Brendan Bouchard last year. One of, he's one of the world's leading high-performance experts. And, and one of the most straight to the point, show me your calendar. Busy. How, how, are you actually as productive as what you could be? Right, think about the tasks you're doing. Are you doing them as quick as you could, could be? Most people don't take, for example, uh, energy and pit stops. I know I've been guilty of this and fall into this trap sometimes, but, um, you know, one of the great ways to manage your energy, right? Because ultimately, if you're trying to be a high performer, you can't do that without energy, focus, and vibrancy. Would you agree? Absolutely. Yeah, you can't, you can't, you can't possibly. High performance for me is, is, is an exceptional set of standards consistently, right, to achieve the outcomes you want in whatever given area, okay? And it's doing the things you know you should do even when you don't want to, but you can't operate with true high performance if you're lacking energy. Right. So one thing that works really, really well, just as a, a, a small tactic that anyone listening to this could implement is take regular pits up throughout the day. How many times have you sat down, Martin, uh, you know, in front of a computer for hours and hours and hours? And then um, you, 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 you pick your phone up, you're stressed. You, you, there's, three types of visual, there's three types of fatigue, for example, Mark, visual fatigue, mental fatigue, physical fatigue. Like that's where if you're not taking your pit stops, where you just, even if it's like Brendan recommends every 50 to 75 minutes, um, having uh, every 50 to 75 minutes where you, uh, you know, you, you close your eyes, you do some nasal breathing, even if you just walk for five minutes, get a glass of water, and then you come back to your task or whatever it is, you know, basically managing transitions, you know, so you just focus. Yeah, you're focused, you, you, you're, you're focused, you're doing everything with intention, right? Removing distractions, so you're focusing on that one thing at one time. Okay, then you're having your pit stop, focusing on that one thing, pit stop. And people go, oh, yeah, no, no, I got time, I'm back to back to back. It's absolute bollocks. I'm yet, I'm yet to meet anyone who's truly productive when they say I'm back to back to back to back no, to it's back. It's impossible. It's impossible to sustain that level of productivity, it's, it's, energy, it's, mental it's, clarity. It's literally impossible. Yeah, it's, it's possible. And, and if you've got, um, you know, if you're suffering with visual fatigue, physical fatigue, or mental fatigue, there is no fucking way that uh, you can optimize efficiency anyway. Do, do you understand? Mm. It, it's impossible. Yeah. Absolutely it's science, right. and if you're eating, and if you're eating shit, that's a different kettle of fish. If you're eating shit at lunch, then that's going to affect your biochemistry and concentration. But I think, in short, high performance. Look at your calendar. Where am I effective and focused, and why? And then look at your calendar. And go. Where am I not effective, and why? And what could be? Could, what could I be doing uh, to make me more effective? That, that in the areas that I, I'm currently effective, focus on one thing at one time. Remove distractions. Uh, take your pit stops, and and I, I, I'm going to be biased here. I'm sure you're the same. Look after yourself. Focus on your own agenda just as much as other people's agenda, right? I find, and again, this comes down, I think, sometimes to that's why your past is so important. Uh, is a lot of people are chasing business success and these nice things because at some point they didn't have that. Maybe growing up, you know, and it's like, I'll be happy when I'll be successful when. Da, 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 da. But they don't look after themselves. They put everyone else first, team, kids, partner, right? But to the detriment of themselves. And then they're a sack of shit. 
you know what I mean? Make sure you serve yourself first. I think one of the most important things to do, um, especially if you're busy, you've got a lot on, is make sure you win the morning. Do something for you first thing that serves your mind, body, or both. Do you understand? Do something that serves your mind, body, or both that looks after your state. And so no matter how the day goes, you, you're serving you. You know, because what, what a lot of people do, Mark, they, uh, they get up, they're on the phone. If you're on the phone, would you agree, focus on someone else's agenda? Definitely. If you're on, if you're on social no media, social media, on, focus on someone else's agenda. Email someone else's agenda. Children, kid. And I get it. Look, if you've got new ba- newborns and stuff, I totally get it, right? You know, th- it isn't as black and white as that all the time. But no one is that busy. They can't uh, dedicate five to ten minutes, even if it's, if it's their breathing, if it's stretch, you know, a bit of journaling. Or, Just going you know, for a walk. Like, yeah. yeah even Simple stuff. Say, most of them work out in the morning because that's your time. You have to serve your own cup up first. That's another conversation. You said that before as well with me. I train first thing as well because I know even me, right? I've been training for two decades. I'm less likely to be consistent. I got to get it done in the morning and my clients were the most consistent to get it done in the morning, but it's what works for you in it, but it sets you up mentally, man. What, 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 yeah, because you're 100% willpower and uh, uh, bandwidth, remember. 100% bandwidth. And just going back to decisions again, you're making decisions personally, professionally, all these different things. Everyone at some point, you, you, you know, you're shot. You're mm. shot, do you understand? So, you know, if... Do your worst habit first before life gets in the way. So if you've got a habit at the minute you're trying to become more consistent with, whether it's to do with work, whether it's to do with your body, whether it's to do with any aspect of high performance, you go, ah, keep putting off that thing or not doing that thing as good as what I could do, then like, do it early. Do it as early as you possibly can. Mm. I love that. I love that, man. Hey, thanks a lot for your time, Kirk. Mate, there was so many gems in there, man. Where can the audience find you, bro? All, all good, Give mate. Your uh, handles. Yeah, just yeah. My social media is very straightforward. Kirk Miller, K with an I. I get sometimes. Yeah, Americans say Kurt. It's, not, it's, <laughs> it's Kirk Miller across all my platforms. And as I said, also yeah, my, I've got my own podcast, the, the Kirk Miller podcast, and we'll definitely have Mister Silver on at some point as well on that bad boy. So, but lots of free value. I've got again so many free workouts and like you, Mark. Just look, provide as much free value as possible on my YouTubes and all that stuff too. So look, never hesitate to reach out, but listen, you listen to a fantastic man here as well. Unbelievable energy, Martin is an absolute machine of a man. And uh, yeah, I hope you enjoyed that. As I said, we, we could have probably t- kept talking for hours, but hopefully there's some gems there. hundred percent. Thanks a lot, bro. And we'll speak very soon, man. Thank you so much, buddy.